0: Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Anthony Barr is back. Does he recognize anybody
1: in that building? Hey, this is Arif Hassan from the Wide Left Substack reporting live from, I don't know, Denver, I guess. Uh, Yeah, Anthony Barr, aged linebacker. Sam Ekstrom, aged host?
2: Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. And by my observation, Sam Ekstrom hasn't aged in 150 years.
0: I have lost a step or two, though. It's the Minnesota Football Party.
1: Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party what
0: is up on a Thursday welcome into the Minnesota Football party on locked on Sports Minnesota also hear us on the locked on Vikings audio feed wherever you get your podcast we talk Vikings football every Monday every Thursday on this network and we're so glad you've joined us today to talk about the Denver Broncos game the Vikings put a five game winning streak on the line uh we're gonna talk about Anthony Barr returning to Minnesota will he play a role this week? Or is this more of an insurance play? Uh, who can catch the Vikings in the wildcard? Are they free and clear to be a playoff team? We'll also get Ron Johnson's take on things as he joins us for his Thursday appearance. And we make our Week 11 parlay bets. We had a winner last week that uh, moved up in the standings. But first, we are brought to you by Prize Picks today. Indeed, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom slash lockedonNFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And folks, one more reminder make sure to check out the 24 7 YouTube live stream. You might catch this show, you might catch the Minnesota basketball party, or a different show in rotating fashion 24 7, all hours of the day on the new Locked on Sports Minnesota 24 7 stream. You've met Luke Braun, you've met Arif Hassan, Luke Braun. Uh, first of all, how are you, and are the Broncos good?
2: Uh, second question first, I have no idea. Uh, as to the first question, I'm absolutely fine and under no threat of duress. Blink twice.
0: Oh, there, okay, he did. I'm worried now. Um, <laughs> Arif Hasan is in Denver. Maybe he has a better read on it because Luke Braun was clueless. Are the Broncos good at football? The Vikings' next opponent.
1: I would argue no. Uh, Russell Wilson looks a little bit better. Obviously, people have been talking about how you know Sean Payton has kind of finally figured out how to resolve the you know the Russell Wilson problem. I guess I don't know how else to put it. Um, and I, yeah, I honestly I don't see it that way. Um, he, he, he took improved, the
0: apron but... off Russ and did not let him cook. Is that the solution?
1: Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think that that Wilson has improved not enough to argue that the Broncos are a good team. I think that their last two wins are more a product of just surprising ineptitude from some very good teams that are normally not that inept. I just think that, you know, sometimes, you know, bad teams beat good teams. The Broncos are probably better than we thought at the beginning of the season, certainly after that Miami beatdown, I don't think they're a good team.
0: The Broncos have not allowed more than 22 points in four games and yet they are still last in points allowed, rush defense, pass defense. But you might also be catching them at the worst possible time. If you caught this team, sort of like this this happens a couple times a year where you just get a schedule win based on when you face a team. And Luke Braun, it feels like the wrong time to face Denver. Vikings are banged up. Denver's a little healthier, getting reinforcements, playing well at home. And maybe feeling like they have a chance to get back in the wild card race,
2: uh, yeah, I, I was talking to Sayer Bettinger of um, Lockdown Broncos on the crossover. and we kind of said like both these teams are in a, a similar spot where it felt you know if you if you talk to them at the end of september, we're we're all looking at. Uh, you know, quarterbacks, and we're, we're yeah. figuring out who we're going to draft. Draft position, and and then suddenly things turned around. To me, the most compelling thing about the Broncos is the the defensive turnaround. Um, and I kind of asked, like, was that Dolphins game just an outlier, or has this w- were they bad and now they are playing better? And it maybe is this the outlier? Like, where where is it? And it, it's a hard question to answer. But it's not like they're doing this against scrubs. like they they've held Patrick Mahomes to pedestrian numbers. They've held Josh Allen to pedestrian numbers. Um mm-hmm. I, I want to look more into exactly how that is working. Obviously, Pat Tan has a lot to do with it, Vance Joseph. Uh, but one thing that I'm curious about, is that the the teams that they have played are while they're good offenses, they're different offenses from the ones the Vikings run. The Vikings are the McVay Shanahan thing. The only team on the Broncos schedule since that 70 debacle that is off of the McVay Shanahan tree, at least that I'm that I unless I'm wrong here, is is the Packers. And they don't really do it the same way anymore. Like floor's kind of off on his own in his own world. Uh so I'm, I'm, I I think that will be like a true test of like, okay, we do things the same way Miami do them. We're the most similar team to Miami that you have played since that thing. Have you improved in this? So Russell Wilson
0: feels middle of the packish this year. I mean, 18 and four touchdown to pick ratio. Um, he's been really good though against pressure. Got a better passer rating under pressure than clean. In fact, 105 versus 103.7 does take sacks, does fumble. But um interested to see how Flores approaches this one, Reeve And if you've seen the splits, his blitz rate actually has decreased quite a bit since the opening few games.
1: Yeah, it has. I, I don't want to like overstate the decrease in blitz rate. Obviously, it kind of depends on the service that you use ESPN stats and info we found uh, has a different blitz rate than, uh, yeah. than PFF. Um, but yeah, I mean the, and I think sport radar is like a, another thing entirely. And that's what pro football reference uses for their blitz rate. So, um, I don't want to overstate the change in blitz rate too much. Obviously Flores acknowledged it in a presser, which is kind of fun to see. Um, but when you look at like who they've blitzed, it actually has made a lot of sense. Mayfield has historically struggled under the blitz, uh, Herbert has not struggled with blitz or not blitz, but he is worse with the blitz than without the blitz, one of the few elite quarterbacks where that's the case. Uh, he's still, like, good against the blitz, so I don't want to, like, oversell that argument. Um, and so it could be that the Vikings just had a schedule where, like, the first five games of the season they were against uh, quarterbacks that either we knew were probably not very good against the blitz or were, like, Tyson Bagent and were just, like, probably – we should blitz them, right? <laughs> you know, like when when you've got like two games where the backup quarterback ends up entering the game, it's just like, yeah, we'll we'll see how they handle this, right? Um, I would argue that, first of all, pressure and, and blitz, obviously we know that those are different. I would argue that um the fact is the the argument that Russell Wilson is good under pressure, I think is an argument for my case that actually he is not playing sustainably well because quarterbacks under pressure do not sustain their numbers under pressure over time, even within the same season. It's your standard or your clean uh, pocket uh, presence that better predicts how well you do uh, in uh, in upcoming games. If you take a look at uh, Wilson uh, when blitzed, which he uh, is one of the least blitzed quarterbacks in the NFL. um, So, you know, kind of important. Uh, his, uh, his uh, PFF grade does drop uh, a fair amount uh, versus the Blitz. Um, he's actually 32nd out of 39 in PFF grade versus the Blitz. But again, very small sample. He's one of the least Blitz quarterbacks uh, in the NFL. So I, I wonder kind of how they'll approach that when you've got kind of a small sample, when the history of Russell Wilson uh, kind of doesn't help you all that much because you've got, I don't know how much last year counts, given how bad the coaching was. And then obviously all that time in Seattle way different than the one we're seeing in Denver. So really curious about how Flores is going to approach that.
0: Uh, Bron, who scares you on the Broncos? If anybody, offense or defense, which players are you are you circling on the depth chart? Uh,
2: Like I mentioned, Sertan, although he has had some rougher moments this year, so maybe you can hand one there. I, I, we have no idea who's playing as a receiver too. Like maybe JJ's here. I don't feel like it, but uh who knows? Um, I think I just watching the Monday night game that they're coming off of. And that's, what's fresh in my mind. It's like Javante Williams on those stupid little shovely check downs way late in the play after Russell Wilson has bought a whole bunch of time. And then he scampers for like 25 yards. That feels like the kind of thing that can change everything where you've got this great pressure on a second and 10 and it's a drive killer, but then they manage to like, get it away. Um, the Broncos, and at least according to to Sayer, like to retreat into sort of quick game when they're getting pressured a lot, which is sort of the the Brian Flores defense wants to sort of force you into whatever your, your PJ fleck is, right? Um so I I, I like that. I, I want that to be the case where Russell Wilson's trying to get the ball out quick and he's not doing this like run around improv stuff. Um where he can, you know, throw the craziest throw you've ever seen. And it works because it's the Vikings kind of deal like what Jameis Winston did in the second half. I I would much rather this game come down to like tackling against Cortland Sutton, you know.
0: Um, For me, Broncos secondary seems very good. Jaquan McMillan last five weeks has been right there with Paulson Debo, best corner in the NFL. Kareem Jackson is back from a suspension. Fabian Moreau got elevated three weeks ago and has been really good. Historically, he's not that good, but he has been good since they gave him a bigger role. Kawan Williams is out. Um, Pat Sertan, as you mentioned. Um, So on the road, outdoors, Mile High City, I feel like the passing attack is going to be tested. And again, how will Denver adjust to Dobbs' mobility? Will he have those those, uh, plays? that he's had regularly for the first two games that can extend drives when the pocket breaks down, when the coverage is really good. Um, Arif, what do you think of this Broncos defense? Uh
1: Yeah, I, I think the concern for them uh, when it comes to scrambling is that their speed at linebacker is not that great. Um, it, it just hasn't been great for a little bit now. Uh, and so, uh, Cause it was like Josie Jewell ran like a four seven and he kind of plays like it on the field. I mean, he's a very smart player. Obviously he knows how to play uh, really well, but it creates problems when you're kind of moving back and forth and extending all the way to the other side of the pocket. Um, that, la- that lack of athleticism might mean you've got a safety spying Dobbs or, or something else. I don't know. But then now you're taking that safety out of coverage or you're putting a safety in when you want a linebacker it against the run, it- it'll create some issues for them. Um When uh, the Saints put Pete Werner as a spy on Dobbs, I mean, we saw it. It didn't work out, right? Mm -hmm. And I think having a less athletic linebacker in that position could create some additional problems. That said, the secondary is going to define things, right? If we end up continuing to have, like, I would argue surprising or unsustainably good play from some of these corners um, that are not Pat Sertan, right? I mean, I just trust that he's good. Right, but uh, but you know, like if um, if for example Kareem Jackson now uh, coming back from suspension shows his age, or Jaquan McMillan continue, like regresses or something, there's going to be a lot of opportunities there for the Vikings, right? But I think a lot of it will be built around kind of how Dobbs innovates and creates because right now there doesn't seem to be a third or fourth read in that offense. Which actually, hey, let's plug something. Luke Braun wrote for the wide left Substack. He wrote about <laughs> Uh, no
2: duress let me uh, emphasize we don't, we don't need to discuss the conditions
1: duress. under which Luke ended up producing an article surprisingly for the wide left subset. so
0: wait Luke is under Arif's
2: employee
1: now? Well, Employ could be one word that you use I don't know um, but
2: I'd assume some details but we don't need to get into those details right. like,
1: so, but between
0: employee and hostage where's like a good middle ground there?
1: Uh, the constitution sure. says
2: I don't have to answer that
1: yeah, the just says, I don't have to answer that. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, one one element for why Jalen Naylor didn't get a ton of targets is because the way that those plays are designed is like the third or fourth read in the progression, right? And, you know, Luke goes into it uh, in in the piece. And I think that there's just something with the way that they're coaching Dobbs. It's like, hey, first read, second read, likes, right? Your check down are your likes, right? And so I think that that's going to be kind of, that's going to continue to be part of the way that that offense is run. Uh, and so I don't know how important it is that the Broncos may have an advantage in their secondary. Plus, I just feel like TJ Hawkinson's going to go off again.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if it's how they're like coaching Dobbs necessarily. I think it's just that Dobbs is not going through his reads as quickly as Kirk did. It's like, duh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. It means that like, yeah, he's not like getting to that, like backside of, of the read, that backside basic kind of thing. That is like how cousins, I mean, he made a living doing that, right? Going like one, two, take the basic. Um, and that would be those like nice 15 yard right over the middle to Justin Jefferson kind of throws. Um, yeah, Dobbs just isn't getting to those and it's fine. Cause like that also to get to that, you also have to decline TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison which like those guys were just like open. And then you just take that and you just never even look at Naylor. Um, So, yeah, I wonder if like if Justin Jefferson doesn't go, Sertan does tend to shadow. So I'm going to guess that he follows Jordan Addison around everywhere. And then the question becomes, you know, is Sertan just going to like bully Addison all over the field? And then do we have to rely on Hawkinson and Naylor and and Brandon Powell and KJ Osborne, who should be back?
1: Mm hmm.
0: Uh, Let's talk about the the million-dollar question when we return from a short break. Does Anthony Barr buy back 55 from Andre Carter? That's next after a (laughs) word from DoorDash. DoorDash helps uh, bring you today's show. DoorDash has a great deal going on right now. And I want you to take note of it because DoorDash is so great for your football viewing parties, college or pro. It might have a a Gophers-Buckeyes party tomorrow night. Might have a uh, Vikings-Broncos party the next night after that. You can get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first DoorDash order. So download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply why is DoorDash so great? Because they're so convenient. They're so fast. You can log on and have food or groceries coming your way within about two minutes. And that's a great way to uh, stock the buffet table at your football watch party or your tailgate. Why would you root for your team on an empty stomach order on DoorDash and save on all of your party favorites, get it from a restaurant, get like an apps collection Or go to a grocery store. Have DoorDash bring you groceries for the best snacks, entrees, and beverages. Again, get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change. Terms apply. LOCKED23 on the DoorDash app. All right, welcome back to the show, Everydayers. We appreciate you watching here on the network. We had the Minnesota basketball party yesterday, the Ron Johnson show on Tuesday with Vikings legend Chris Carter. Make sure to go check that out. We here in the Minnesota football party going Mondays and Thursdays. I turn the the conversation to Vikings linebackers. Jordan Hicks, bizarre medical situation, hospitalized with compartment syndrome after a hit to the shin. And I, we don't know totally what his outlook is. It, For all I know, it could be season-ending. I mean, w- when you go under the knife for something that bizarre and they immediately put you on IR, I don't know if he's going to play again this year. Uh, so th- this Anthony Barr signing, while maybe it does, maybe it doesn't have an impact this week. He is just a practice squad player. Um, that linebacker depth will be tested. Brian Asamo has been hurt. Will he be healthy? So Luke Braun, before we get into all of that, does Anthony Barr buy back 55 for a practice squad spot?
2: Uh it sounds like he's not going to. He he called Eric Kendricks. He said, Can I wear fifty four? Kendricks, I can only assume, said, That's a really weird question, dude. Uh <laughs> and, and he will be wearing uh I think he's gonna be embracing the the fifty four, wearing it for for his old pal. I
1: I, I think he just wanted an excuse to call Eric.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, no, college friend, you've lost touch. You live in a different state now.
0: I assumed that Barr would have taken a practice squad spot on the Chargers just for free. Great. Yeah. He could hang with maybe. maybe. Yeah. It's chill. Yeah. But yeah, somehow the Vikings lured him. Uh so Arif, what, what is what does this all shape up as to you with Hicks out? How big a loss is this? Because Jordan Hicks had been playing very playing solid football, at, yeah. I think I think far better than we ever expected.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, I had very, very low expectations of <laughs> him, uh, which may be unfair because he was playing in Ed Donatel defense that also made Kendricks look bad. Uh, but, you know, he didn't play outstanding or anything like in Arizona. So um, my expectations are fairly low coming in, but he's playing like he did in Philadelphia, like when he was like a rookie second, third year player, right? Just like really, really high level football. Uh, And it seems like um, the athleticism he'd been lacking in Arizona that he'd had in Philadelphia is back or was back, right? So uh, that's going to be kind of tough because I think that that was a fairly important part, not a critical part, but a fairly important part of his game here. Uh, And Anthony Barr no longer has the athleticism that he had as a rookie, Like, like quite quite well known among Vikings fans that he no longer is the athlete that he once was. uh, And now we're two, three years removed from that. Right. So um, that is a concern. Uh, I think that the way that Flores designs these defenses is that you don't slot a player into the same role that a previous player has. You produce a new role specific to what that player does and adjust the defense for having to kind of, just for the fact that, you know, this role has changed, they're not going to have these coverages available. They're not going to have, you know, these kinds of run fits or run assignments available. Uh, and so now you've got a couple of new assignments. And so, I mean, that just seems to be the way that this forest defense is designed. Matthew Collar actually wrote a really good piece that went out of purple insider, I think this morning about just that. Uh, and so, um, I'm kind of curious, obviously we know Anthony Barr to be a blitzer, you know, that's the thing that he's like, you know, well known to be uh, blitzing with the Vikings is something that was, it was kind of the the key element to a lot of the way that Zimmer designed his defenses, whether or not he was good that year at blitzing or not, the teams accounted for him in one on in one pass protection, even when he didn't even show blitz. And I, I'm curious about how the Vikings want to use that. Because that is a similarity that this Florida's defense has to the Zimmer defense, the desire to create as many one-on-one pass rushing um, matchups as possible through various blitz looks. So I think that that's the primary usage. I don't know what's going to happen in terms of run defense. I'd expect Metellus to take on kind of a bigger load there. Maybe we'll see a little bit more in Ivan Pace, also a blitzer. So we'll kind of see.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I I think there's still some Troy Die in there too honestly. Like I B- Bar's not going to come in and take all those reps away and yeah, they they like Die probably more than than you do. Like <laughs> well, hi- hierarchically, what is yeah. the pecking
0: order here? Let's say Asemoa, a- 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 is it is it a hierarchy, Sam? Let's, let's Yeah, that, pre- that's it's our... like a
2: moot question kind of. Yeah. Like I don't know who's above who on what. Like it's it's yeah. it's like a different Role for everybody. I I think what Barr will come and do is I I think he'll, he will be something of a blitz specialist. I don't know how much they ask him to drop into coverage, except like as a subversion to him being a blitz specialist, so it's not predictable. Um, but I think the main, like, he's not going to be the main guy. Like Hicks was the main linebacker. I think that's pace. Um, and <laughs> Pace quietly had a sick game against the saints. He had the coolest game against the saints. He had a couple of plays where like the physicality gets exposed Dude, and then beyond like those two, over, like he's knocking people over
1: pounders. Like he's just like, bye. Yes. Consistently. <laughs> we
2: see that like twice a game and he's evading those blocks. And what was interesting is as the game wore on, the saints started really focusing on pace as like the guy to make sure that we have our yeah. I- included in our, the slide of our protections. Like that's the guy that we think is coming a lot, which yeah, yeah so I mean, it's, it's pace, like, right? He does. So I think you be can like a you man can, and a
1: half on pace. Sometimes it's crazy.
2: Yeah. So you can get, um, I think you can do that. And then like when they would have pace, like simulate the pressure and then back off, they would call the pressure that way, like every time. And that was super exploitable. Josh Metellus up the A-gap free a whole bunch yeah. of times. That's kind of how they did that. So I think you can probably replicate a similar deal with uh, with Barr, especially if the Broncos are coming into this, and Sean Payton, who knows Barr as well, and is going, oh, hey, that's 54. Uh, he's probably blitzing. And if you could have him sim pressure and, and back out, like, look, I know he's not the most athletic dude, but they're also comfortable with having Harrison Phillips back out into coverage. I don't think that's going to scare them off. <laughs> so I, I think you can generate something like that for him. But in terms of like how often that puts him on the field, I would not be surprised to see that pretty limited as a guy who just got here for the first week, practice squad call up um, yeah. as somebody who, you know, maybe just slots in for Troy die sometimes. What I want to see from him though is, is the strength, the, the big physical part where you can have a second level defender who can deconstruct a guard, not lose any ground. That's what Hicks gave you, uh, which helped so, so, so much in the run defense that has been absolutely clicking. Um, that is, I, I think more the reason that they brought him in was to replace like that factor because otherwise our linebackers are Pace, Die, and Asamoah and that's those. Okay. they're too small. That's too small. Major
0: disrespect small. to Nick Vigil right now. This is a yes. Nick
1: Vigil. Actually, fair. Yeah, good point. Yeah,
0: might sure. might be my he might be my preferred option. Certainly above Die, and maybe above Asamoah. I'm not. Maybe probably not. But that's insane. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a are wild we, take. I, uh, I'm, I'm going
1: to limit my reaction to the face I made. Um, <laughs>
2: okay. yeah. The audio listeners are missing out. Yeah, that's a wild take. Uh, he's not probably clone. not supposed to make a team.
0: Are we think. overstating because of our attachment to Barr?
2: Are we overstating
0: what his impact is going to be?
2: Because maybe. Uh, I don't know. If, if I am, I'm not. Sorry. I love it. I, he yeah. could be horrible, yeah. and I love this.
1: <laughs> uh i don't know um he would like he uh, like like vigil not supposed to be on a team
2: right yeah. like, <laughs> i also
0: i also would take blake lynch back i would love blake lynch to get a spot star oh, that's to enough
1: you? linebacker takes out of you sam that's nice. <laughs> um <laughs> Let me
0: Google
2: uh, Blake Lynch and see what he's. I, is he a I, Panther?
1: I was a huge Blake Lynch guy. He was unbelievable. Last year in 2020 he's a charger.
2: Down he's stretch. why hey. Anthony Barr can't get a practice squad slot in uh, oh. LA. Once
1: Blake. again.
2: <laughs> 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 oh, no. He's on as, the active roster over there.
1: As, oh, okay. go Wow. Wow. Uh, oh, no. I'm a, wrong. No. As as he is, he as is on the A practice. Blake Lynch guy from two preseasons ago. You got to relax, Sam.
2: <laughs> Blake
1: Lynch got the short
0: end of the stick with this new regime he was like on he was sure. on a path to For be sure. a like top three linebacker in 2022 with the Zimmer
1: crew I think so uh, yeah but he was also to on a path to, like if Zimmer had stayed they would have just added a linebacker as opposed to promoting Blake like that's the path on that, that, that. Were really in, on. in that Ty just...
2: Chandler world <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Exactly. I'll I'll just further clarify that I didn't say outright I prefer vigil over Asamoa. I just think it's closer than some might think. And I'm not sure that
1: Barr it's, is ready. Such yet That's to... such a usefully vague statement, though, Saif. Like you get that, right? It's closer than <laughs> some think may you think. Did say that. The point is <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> we're overlooking Nick Vigil.
2: I'm, I'm perfectly yeah. comfortable overlooking you could, like, Nick.
1: Like, okay, vigil. but like I if he if he's like a game day elevation from the practice squad that would not shock me. If he got 10 snaps, honestly, that would not shock me. If he made an impact in the game that was like really meaningful, that would surprise me. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just like I agree that the the linebacker situation is unusual enough that a lot of different things could happen and it would be very difficult to predict. I'm glad I'm no longer in the IDP league and I don't have to depend on (laughs) whatever the Vikings do at linebacker (laughs) or, or whatever, right? Which, I mean, the answer, I think, is actually just get Cam Bynum as your as your lead tackler. But yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, it, yeah, exactly. But like um, I I don't think that, you know, if I'm breaking down the linebackers, I, I, I am probably going to overlook vigil. I think that that's fair. Um, they did sign Anthony Barr to the roster and vigil to the practice squad right or is it nope, or is, or both on the practice squad, squad. okay okay that on be...
2: the
0: active vigils on the active roster
1: on the active roster oh this is he is?
0: i just i just went to the team
1: roster that's fascinating on active look at us yep. wow undervaluing I mean, nick vigil once again nick
0: vigil rostered linebacker classic mistake and before we get to ron johnson a word from jace medical Jace Medical gives you peace of mind. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. Supply chain shortage, uh, shortages for myriad reasons. And you got to have your med- the right medication. You just have to. It can be a matter of life and death. Sometimes I've had it with my kids where they're sick. They need something. They need antibiotics, perhaps. And it's hard to get them in, get that prescription filled. Well, with Jace Medical, you've got the ability to have that stuff on hand. You consult with their board-certified physicians, you get five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use in the Jace case. All you have to do is fill out a simple online form, jump on a quick call. They deliver, and they provide the ongoing care. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended. So you don't get caught unprepared. You can empower yourself and your loved ones, get them a gift card to get on jacemedical.com and get their own Jace case. So again, here's what you do. Go to jacemedical.com, Use promo code locked On for $20 off your purchase, JASEMedical.com. You're not only getting antibiotics that can save your life, you're getting peace of mind, JASEMedical.com. Uh, Ron Johnson's with us now, <laughs> host of the Ron Johnson Show. Had Chris Carter on the show on Tuesday. Make sure to go back and watch or listen to that one. Big, big episode. Uh, and he's with us now every Thursday. Ron, we're debating... Anthony Barr's impact on Sunday. Your prediction, does Barr play in this game? And if so, does he do something meaningful?
3: Uh, I think he should be elevated. Um, and I, I definitely think he can do something meaningful. The one thing that a lot of people don't realize is this man's been resting. So, and, and what would his job be, quote unquote? Ivan Pace Jr. is going to be the green dot. He's going to be the guy to get everybody lined up. Anthony Barr is going to be the true wheeler, Sam Backer that just gets to go after – or, sorry, the, the true um, um, Mike and Moe. Sorry, so he'll be the Moe that gets to go after the quarterback. And that's what we've always wanted him to do under Mike Zimmer. Uh, for some reason, Mike Zimmer you know, stayed in a 4-3. We always talked about, oh, he should go to a 3-4 hybrid. Um, honestly, if Zimmer had thought about this and put Daniel Hunter on one side, Anthony Barr on the other, had a Moe and a Mike backer that would come in on certain downs – um, I think we could have saw more success, but you know, Zimmer was kind of stuck in his ways of he's a four-three coach. He teaches a four three over front. That's the, you know, it, it's it's like an old dog that doesn't want a new trick. Whereas Brian Flores, I mean, he's now got a new toy. And when you think about all the possible scenarios, now Russell Wilson is not easy to confuse, but all the possible scenarios for Anthony Barr, I think he can not make a big impact, but it would be nice to see him in there being able to just go after the quarterback. Um and and not i mean honestly to defense you don't it's not too much like there's only so many coverages there's you know there's 33 cloud which is basically tampa two you got you know cover two cover four cover three one man and then here's our blitz packages there's a lot of conversation to go there but the cool thing is you can have a guy like uh uh ivan pace a -A -A anthony line up in the b gap you're going to whip around and you're going to rush through the a done and so I think they can get them up to speed. It's just what what do you get out of the other backers versus an Anthony Barr? I would take my chance with Anthony Barr.
0: Ron, let me broach this topic with you, and then we'll go around the horn. Vikings in the wild card are a game and a half clear of the next closest team, Tampa Bay. Is there anybody, Tampa Bay or otherwise, mm-hmm. that scares you, that you think could catch the Vikings and take that playoff spot from them?
3: Uh, who scares me no i mean it, not not looking at the next couple of games i mean honestly i'm looking at the vikings next couple and i got this written down so if you look at the vikings broncos bears raiders potentially the vikings can go you know can win nine games at that point they'd be nine and four and then they got the Bengals. uh but broncos i, I honestly i wrote down uh three and six but they got me they're four and five Uh, same with the bears. I wrote down two and eight, but they got me as well. They're three and eight, they're three and seven. Like every nobody wanted to listen and do what they're supposed to do. Uh, when I wrote down my early (laughs) stats and this is, I wrote it down the week before they played. (laughs) So I just assumed those are predictions. I assumed you wrote down predictions. I wrote down, I literally, I mean, you can't see it. I had to like scratch it out, uh, because they're not actually three and six. They're four and five. Uh, So I was like, dang it. Like nobody
1: wanted to listen It threw Me statistics. off, but
3: their winning percentage yeah. up to that point before they actually won some games they shouldn't have won. Uh, the their remaining schedule was uh 0.34 percent. They were nine and 17, uh, with the last three, nine and 17, the last four, 14 and 21, which that was the Saints at five and four helped it make it 14. Yeah. To- so, their last three games, these teams were nine and 17 combined before. They won games they shouldn't have won, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I don't know what you were doing with 12 men on the field, but you clearly have money on the game or something. Um, but, yeah, like I, I don't think there's a team uh, that, that scares me, and not because of the team. It's because of the Vikings, and that's the thing. Like Sunday, yeah. I'm going to do the, the 3 minutes the again. biggest
2: threat to the Vikings. <laughs>
3: yeah, they are. I mean, but, like, I'm doing a three-minute drill again on Sunday for the Vikings pregame show, and I broke down three Josh Dobbs third-down plays. The first one. He missed the throw. He, w- he went the wrong way. The next one, he used his legs, but he still missed the throw. And then the third one, he finally sat in there and made the throw. And it's just amazing the, the progression of like first quarter. And in, and it's in order. First quarter, second quarter, third. By third quarter, he was like, all right, all right, now let me figure this out. And he figured it out. But in the first quarter with Josh Dobbs, and this is what I think long term, if he can figure this out, it was third and I think five in the first quarter. I think you guys remember he checked and did something else. Saints walked up in a man, and then he throw tries to throw the out route to Jordan Addison. There's nothing there. If he looks to his left, Brandon Powell's man-to-man DB, I don't know if he didn't get the coverage call right, but he's 12 yards off, and it's third and four. Like, why don't you just throw the out route? Like, Brandon Powell runs five yards, and the DB backpedals. He completely, I think that was Cam Dansler did that against the Lions. He Cam dantzler the bit. Like, all he had to do was look to his left and throw it to Brandon Powell just running because the guy backed off in his third and four. And I think, honestly, like when Josh Dobbs came to the line and made the check, Kirk Cousins checks that into the right play, which he probably would have called cowboy, which is a corner route by the slot, knowing his man, and then a hitch or an out by the outside guy, knowing the outside DB is trying to play between the two to say, okay, I got deep. If you run a corner with the slot, but then also I'm going to come up and, and, you know, uh, worry about the flat. He never worried about the flat, and so that's why I'm like, Kirk Cousins probably makes that throw in as the easy first down because the Saints played horrible defense in some of these coverages. But with that said, the Vikings are their own Viking like They're the only thing standing in their own their own way. I don't think there's another team behind them that's going to scare me.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Bucks have the tiebreaker. That's the only thing. But they've also got the, the 49ers, the Jags yep. on the schedule. Yep. It's not that tough of a schedule for the Bucs, so they probably are the only team that could do it but there's no one else I mean yeah, the commanders no. have a really tough schedule and then you got a bunch of tanking teams so I mean they're they you're right Ron they really are I think pretty free and clear if they don't stub their toe I mean Frank um, Wright
3: did take over the calls for the Panthers so watch out for that but I don't think they have a shot to get nine to in a playoffs. row <laughs> coming for <Adam laughs>
0: there, there's always team.
2: that world where where the rookie starts playing better than he's played so far like somebody goes on a run right always right. that you're not anticipating Yeah, and I think
3: it's the Vikings, though. I think the Vikings are about to go on a run that nobody gave them credit for. (laughs) (laughs) Here's Uh, what's even crazy about this. Darren Orlovsky, I don't know if you guys saw this tweet. He tweeted that CJ Stroud and Russell Wilson are the only quarterbacks in the NFL that have thrown four more touchdowns or four times more touchdowns than they've thrown interceptions, which mm -hmm. Russell Wilson is 18-4. and Kirk Cousins was 18-5 and with one and a half less games. Kirk Cousins was on an MVP-like clip. And that's the only crazy thing about the fact that he got hurt and he was on pace to do something no other quarterback other than of Tagovailoa was doing. And he was putting up numbers higher than Russell Wilson, but better interception to TD ratio. Uh, you look at C.J. Stroud. I mean, I think he's only thrown like 12 touchdowns or something or something like that. Like, it's not a big enough number to be like, oh, wow, we got we to gotta look at this. Like, Kirk Cousins, that's the other part about this Vikings team is – the defense finally figured it out top 15 defense and then they lose Kirk Cousins. So now we'll see what Josh Dobbs can do
2: run uh, on the Broncos. Um, I, I think a lot of these games will come down to tackling on, yep. on the outside, right? As, as teams kind of figure out, oh, they're blitzing. We got to go to our bubble screens and stuff. Who on the Broncos scares you the most when it comes to tackling after the catch? Uh, Jerry Judy. I mean, as much as Steve Judy.
3: Smith hates him, uh, Jerry Judy does. <laughs> Just a guy. <laughs> I mean yeah. because the the one thing about him and and they do use him in those bubbles they use him in some of the jet sweeps um they wanted to just get the ball in those hands in the short route stuff to see if he can do the stuff he did at Alabama um he is a little scary like he's a guy that if he gets going he is what he says he is um but if you can tackle him early and kind of piss him off and make him confused then he starts to to slow down just a little bit on the like like if you can if you can see a bubble screen coming and you decipher it right away and you just go we see byron murphy do this you just go like you can really slow jerry judy down and some of that stuff um the other one which has nothing to do with bubbles court courtland sutton when you watch some of his catches and this is his size and his catch radius like he he's a problem and that's why uh, Caleb Evans being on like not IR but or not IR but uh, whatever the uh, injury list. Um, yeah. Hopefully he's good to go because we are gonna need that height on height. Like that's what Cortland Sutton does. Cortland Sutton does is he realizes the mismatch and the size. Like Byron Murphy on him one on one in the red zone. I just don't know. And, and we know we know that that's what Flores does though. He does go man because he wants to get up to the quarterback. And and Russell Wilson's done a great job. If you watch the Packers tape. He does a great job of recognizing man coverage and then he just goes to Sutton. Like he's he's figured that out. So that's the other one that kind of scares me too. Can
2: Andrew Booth save us? Big body. breaking out. <laughs> Hopefully he can stay healthy. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also wanted to ask a question about the, the
1: Broncos offense and how you think of it. Um, but just kind of more simple than all of that. Is Russell Wilson like kind of good now? What's going on?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I only I always look at the last three games. We look at the last three games for uh, Russell Wilson. Uh third down offense for one, he's seven, 42.5 percent, uh, 84 passes on third down, which is the third least, 38 runs. That's been their thing, is they've been able to run the ball on third down because of this. First, uh, third down offense, the last three games. So seven, eight, nine, and ten for them, or you know, four for them and three for the Vikings, or vice versa. Um, on eight to fifteen yards on third down, they're 12.5 percent. But in normal down and distance, they're 44.2. And then third and three to six, they are, they jump to like 70%. So Russell Wilson clearly is just managing the second downs a little bit better than he was early on. If you watch some of the early on, like the, I forgot what game I was watching, but second down was horrible. Um, I can't remember what week that was, but I kind of I, I cataloged and I talked about it on the Viking show before. They played the Packers before the Packers game. Their second down calls were horrible it was just like they weren't trying to play for third down it was almost like they wanted to be like this explosive Sean Mm. McVay team on second down and they don't have that like they need to go second down get six yards third and four and that's their recipe and that's what you're seeing in these last couple of games is Russell Wilson just managing second down better he's doing a better job of getting the ball out of his hands uh on first down they're, they're having better plays to make it a manageable third down um and then the other thing too, the receivers are catching the ball. Like it, it, there's been a couple of games where he's made some decent throws and they should have been caught. Uh, and, and like Steve Smith said, some of it has been Jerry Judy. Like some of it has been just like lack of separation. The things you thought you would get out of him, you're not getting. And so the last three games, he's been a little bit better. And maybe Steve Smith, you know, saying something, maybe make him, made him pay attention a little bit more. And he's trying to make, he's only getting like four targets, but he's like, let me catch at least three of these. And I think that's, that's the difference is like everybody has, but you even see the rookie uh mims you know he made the, the comment that ended up on twitter like somebody's like hey man i'm gonna be not catching the ball again he's like man he don't throw the ball to me you know so clearly there's stuff going on within the broncos organization for these receivers and russell wilson yeah no kidding uh but they're they're i think they're getting better that and that's the scary thing yeah
2: like that was crazy like, <laughs> yeah. to say, like
3: he's not throwing me the ball anyway like whoa
2: russell hey. wilson beefing with his nothing Like I don't Marshawn Lynch Lynch
3: already said like you can't even save Russell Wilson's number in your phone because it's a Google it's a Google number like it's not the it's not his number so (laughs) he doesn't even like hang out with his team well maybe he's changed though Sierra might have changed his protection like what is this person (laughs) I don't know but Marshawn Lynch was like like he would text me from a different number and it wouldn't even be his main number so he's like yeah I didn't I didn't save his number on my phone I'm like wow burners yeah something I don't know Uh, like
0: yeah uh in closing ron tell us your favorite uh bit of the chris carter interview from tuesday and why people should go back and watch that
3: on the ron johnson show uh well one was his uh josh dobbs uh uh, randall cunningham comparison uh that because i asked him like have you ever seen a guy come in and captivate a town like this and he said randall cunningham uh when brad johnson got hurt was that 98 uh randall cunningham came in he said randall threw one of the best deep balls he'd ever seen but also randall could escape he was like they got more out of randall than they did out of brad johnson nothing against brad johnson you know is what he kind of said off camera too was just that like randall gave you something and i'll talk to pete Bursage, and pete Bursage confirmed that randall gave you something uh that brad johnson wasn't going to give you and so you know he said that was one time but like the josh dobbs talk uh, and then the justice Jefferson, the you know the like the the didn't have a contract, imagine if he had tore his knee up on that turf, um and then that would be a whole another can of worms of like, well, this is why guys hold out. this is why guys you know want to get thirty million dollars a year, guarantee right away, just in case they get hurt. Um, but he didn't do that. He's coming back off of a hamstring, and he said, Justin's a competitor, he doesn't see him as a guy wanting to hold out for money, um, but he also says like the Vikings need to pay him thirty five million dollars a year. so That's another one to check out. And the reasons why, like he explains why. So make sure you guys go check that out. But, you know, his conversation about the injuries, I think that was cool too. So go
0: back and listen or watch that with Chris Carter. And tomorrow we'll have the roundtable with Reggie Wilson, Julia Daniels, Ron Johnson, and myself. We'll be making our official predictions for this Vikings-Broncos game. So tune in then. Good stuff, Ron. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, in closing, and we're going to move quickly, we've got week 11 parlays. I'm the money leader over Luke Inman, who won last week from abroad. Luke Inman is on vacation in an undisclosed country, but he's moved into second place. Arif is in third with 826. Luke Braun at 515. Remember, the loser gets punished after the season. So, Luke Braun, you're in a little bit of trouble. Arif Mm -hmm. Hassan, you begin the picks this week. Uh,
2: What do you
1: have? Uh, first of all, I mean, do you see the over under in the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers games at 32 and a half? That's crazy. Not oh my touching. God, it's that.
2: like an Iowa game. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. That's crazy. <laughs> um, instead, I'll take. Uh, let's see what I, I have like a couple selected here. Um, I like the Houston Texans a lot. Um, I'll take the Houston Texans minus four and a half against the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, hey, Luke Run.
2: Uh, I am going to take. Oh, did I lose the tab? Well, I remember. I'm going to take uh, Joe Mixon over 54 and a half rushing yards. I'm doing uh, both on Thursday night this week. Mm. I'll, I'll so know right. Find away. Out.
0: I think we lost two guys after Thursday last week in the Panthers
2: Bears game. I was one um, of them. Yeah, were- yeah, we and we both lost by half a unit. <laughs> yeah, I lost. Yeah, I
1: lost by half a yard, and I won my other one. I'm so mad.
0: Yeah. I'm going to get back on the 49ers to score first and win bandwagon. Uh, I got off once they got banged up, but I think they're back. So I'm taking them minus 166 to score first and win against the Bucks. That sends it to Luke Inman. I gave him 24 hours notice to get in his football picks and he didn't. So do we give give him an exact
2: score? (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) At plus 17,000 or whatever. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's do it Um let's also <laughs> since we have to give him an honest one should we give him okay. the Jags or should we do since he forgot should we give him the anti Jags should we give him the other side of it
2: <laughs> punish him by making him bet against the Jags what is yeah. the uh... plus
0: seven Titans would be the opposite
2: the market seems to like the Titans so let's give him the Jags right
0: jags minus i mean they've broken his heart way more than they have like actually gotten him money so uh and we actually we get to do inman again so let's do an exact score why don't (laughs) we do it let's do it in the vikings game just so there's you know some some skin in the game on sunday
2: night correct score uh how about i think okay the most the lowest odds i think are broncos 17 vikings 14 at plus plus nine thousand or the, the the shortest odds. Oh, no, 27-20 oh. also. At, oh, no, 27-24, found a better one, plus 7,000.
0: Okay. this is Broncos winning or Vikings?
2: Broncos 27, Vikings 24 at plus 7,000.
1: This would be torturous for Luke. I love it.
2: <laughs> what if he gets it? That's a pretty common score.
1: I mean, we deserve what we get. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll figure <laughs> out his
0: odds later. I got to punch that into FanDuel. Um, back to me, I, I think the Lions are a really good team. And I think they take care of lesser teams at home. Lesser team would be the Bears. I think the Lions win by seven and a half. I don't love that number, but I like the team. So I'm going to go with Detroit at minus 115. My two picks parlayed for 150 at plus
2: 199. Luke Braun. Uh, The other one I'm going to take is a Mark Andrews anytime touchdown at plus 165. I'll put a minimum on that. I think it's 110. Yes, that gives me uh, it's plus three fifty four.
0: Plus three, five, four. Arif
2: Hassan, finish it off.
1: All right. Um, Hold on. Uh, I'll take uh, Lamar Jackson over two hundred twenty five point five passing yards. Look at that one. One twenty five point five. Two twenty five. Are you okay? I don't know why I heard one. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, no, you heard one. Don't worry about he Jordan Love. Uh, yeah <laughs> uh and man i i don't love being third place this is tough uh i don't know how much you want to wager so the minimum is 110 right yeah and the max is what 1100 Jeez, right oh yeah because it's 10 times uh no just uh, i'll do 220 it's not it's not a big deal Hold the minimum okay what are the odds uh
0: plus 250 plus 250 you got it those are the picks for week 11 See who wins. Uh, if anyone, we only have seven combined parlay wins through you know four bets per week for ten weeks. Seven that's, out of that's four not bad. Don't We're worry about pretty it. Pretty bad at that.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> Considering most of our bets have about uh, two to one, three to one yeah, likelihood. like we should, we should I feel not like be should winning. Respect. We should be winning more frequently than we are.
1: I don't know what you're talking about, guys.
0: That's the it's okay. We'll regress. Football... Yeah, we'll pro yeah, progress to the mean. For sure. Um, he's a reef. He's Luke. Subscribe to the wide left sub Listen to Lockdown Vikings and listen and watch to Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Thanks so much for watching us today. Talk to you tomorrow on the round table.